Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am here with John Monson otherwise known as your favorite author. Um, at least that is how he introduces himself in his newsletters that he sends out, which is actually how I met him. Um, I had requested his book, The Final Air, um, on NetGalley and <clears throat> um, signed up for his newsletter and received a notice uh, a few weeks ago that book two and book three were coming out very, very soon. Uh, which makes me extremely happy because I love reading trilogies and series all in one go. Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. And so when I found out that books two and three were coming out in his trilogy, of course I got really excited and really happy. And at the end of his newsletter, he mentioned that he was up for podcasts and interviews and things like that. So I had an opening for my podcast and I reached out to him and asked if he would be willing to jump on a call with me. (coughs) Excuse me. I do not recommend breathing in and trying to swallow at the same time. That is not a recommendation that I would send out to any of you guys It causes all sorts of issues. Um, But I do recommend checking out The Final Air and books two and three. Um, And so when um, John agreed to come on the podcast, I did have to admit that I had not read book one yet. But um, he very kindly told me that that was okay. Um, And you know, was even more okay when I told him why, uh, because I do love reading trilogies and, um, and series all in one go. And, uh, so when books two and three come out, uh, I will definitely be buying those and, um, just basically reviewing and reading and reviewing, um, the whole thing all in one shot. So, uh, you guys can watch for those very soon, hopefully. Um, so we are going to jump right into our chat this week. Uh, grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, and we are going to get started. Trying to breathe in and swallow at the same time really just completely screwed up my entire intro. No, that, that happens. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about you. Are you? Uh, do you need a minute? I'm, 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 no, I'm okay. no, I'm okay. It just—it's more brain thing. Um, I um, I keep trying to catch my train of thought, and 
I'm usually just a lot more on top of things when it comes to my intro. Um, but I keep trying to just like force my brain to like catch on and just, like sound more on top of things. And it just really didn't work this week. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I apologize listeners. Although after almost three years um, of the podcast, I'm sure that my um, regular listeners are probably really used to me not sounding on top of things every single week. So um, it's totally fine. Um, but let's jump into our chat. So John, how are you? I am so great. I'm really excited to be here to chat with you. I've been listening to your podcast the past few weeks and just uh, really excited for the, the freewheeling off the cuff discussion and, and uh, I've been looking forward to it. I, I, yeah, I, it's probably one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is just, you know, having freewheeling off the cuff discussions. Um, I, I've tried having the, the, you know, kind of Q and a type interview podcast episodes and I have come away from those particular episodes feeling like they were the most awkward things ever and just decided no. <laughs> and if I have any guests um, that ask, hey, do you have any questions um, in advance? I'm going to tell them no. Um, I have certain topics that I try to cover every week, especially with authors. Um, I definitely try to talk about your books. Um, I try to talk about the writing process and, you know, different writing tools and, and things like that. But for the most part, no, I just like to let it go where it's going to go. Um, my listeners really tend to like that. I tend to like that. My brain tends to like that. Um, and it just, it makes for a more authentic conversation, keeps me from having to worry about editing because <laughs> that is just not something I'm good at. Um, I did try to edit a, um, a chat a while back. Um, I had a, a guest who accidentally dropped um, an F-bomb in the middle of an episode and I attempted to edit it out. And it did not work. Um, so, <laughs> Editing so I, is tough. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So I just had to add a caveat to the beginning of the episode saying, hey, if you don't like bad language, please understand there is one um, in this episode. But for the most part, my guests are usually really good about, um, you know, understanding that, no, we do not cuss on this episode or on this podcast. And, you know, I... I don't want my listeners to have to put on headphones if they're listening with kids in the house. You know, I, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we added, you know, a couple things at the beginning saying, Hey, we're going to be talking about some pretty heavy topics. We're going to be talking about a book that's not suitable for children. Um, so yeah, if you're listening with kids in the house, put headphones in. Um, but for the most part, I want parents to be able to either listen with their kids or not have to worry about headphones or, you know, anything like that. So 
it's, that's why, you know, and I want this to be a family friendly show. And I just make sure that I tell my guests that when I can. And there, you know, I have guests that cuss outside of the show. And when they come on the show, they don't, they're like really, really great about just not dropping those accidental cuss words. So <laughs> I, uh, I have I'm, occasionally, I'm, but you know. outside of the show either. So it's, uh, should be, we should be fine. Should, should not have, uh, any issues there. <laughs> well, I, I have an Italian from New York husband who's national, whose national language is F-bombs. So, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, like on social media, I try really hard to keep my language clean. You know, when I'm at my day job, I try to keep my language clean. When I'm around my mom, I try to keep my language clean. Um, you know, so I have plenty of practice keeping my language clean. So, you know, for me, it's not too difficult, but I do get that for some people, it is a little bit more difficult. And, you know, it just, it makes me really happy when people are willing to, take that extra step as, as a measure of respect. So, um, okay. So real quick, um, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um, when you started writing, uh, why you started writing and one thing that inspires you. That sounds great. So I started writing in early 2015, uh, after I finished my master's in accounting, uh, I looked at my life and I was like, I can't, I gotta have a hobby. I can't just watch TV and play video games and read books. Like, you know, I've been so focused on school. I need something that's gonna be a little bit more meaningful than that. And so, uh, she's like, "Well, you do love reading. That's that's the thing I know about you. And how about you start writing?" So I was like, "Well, that sounds really tough. Well, let's do it." And I mean, it took about six months for it to become kind of an obsession. Uh, about a year and a half later, I was like, "I want this to be my my job. This is what I want to do." Uh, unfortunately, my wife was pregnant with our first child at that time, so I'm still an accountant. Uh, we have two little kids that are running around the house. Not right now. My wife took them out to the farmer's market this morning, so we have the house nice and quiet, but we've got two little kids. I, I work full-time as a freelance accountant still, and so um, I, I'm not a full-time author, but uh, it's it's still the it's the goal. So it's been the goal for, for probably too long now, longer than I'd probably want to admit. So, uh, and... Uh, <clears throat> I, I started writing because I've, I've loved reading. Uh, I was that kid in high school who spent, you know, I feel like all my, I don't know, my friends did during the day, we'd go hang out in the evenings and stuff. And I would, I, I would read the full unabridged version of the Count of Monte Cristo every summer because I love that 1200 page thick novel. Um, and, you know, I'll read all the Harry Potters and. That's a really good book. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's one of the it's on my reread list all the time. You know, when in one of your emails you asked me what you might ask me what I what I'm reading right now, and I was like, oh, I gotta read, I gotta be reading something impressive. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's not I'm I'm like currently reading uh, Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson, making my way slowly through it on the time I have, and um, I was hoping to be reading something, you know, something that makes me sound really smart. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm not, I'm reading just your, your standard epic fantasy book right now. Um, and, uh, what inspires me, uh, I get inspiration from lots of places. I do like to read. I, I feel like reading gives me a lot of 
inspiration. Uh, travel has inspired me a lot. My my first book, Rise of the Forgotten Sun, uh, it's set in kind of a uh, you know uh, non traditional world setting, with more of a, an Arabic Middle Eastern type society, and uh, you know that's that's largely influenced by the time I spent in Istanbul and Morocco, um, things like that, and. So that's I love I love going to places and, and breathing an inspiration and then and then trying to write a fantasy version of it rather than a real life version of it. <laughs> well, and I I would like to make a comment on wanting to re be reading something impressive. <laughs> Just the fact that you're reading is impressive <laughs> um my my husband is not a reader um he is he's insanely smart so i you know the i'm not going to to judge the fact that he that he doesn't read um it's i'm not saying that at all he you know can choose to do whatever he wants with his time um but reading for the sake of reading is, you know, it doesn't have to be war and peace every single time. You know, I am reading a, a young adult urban fantasy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, so it's a 12 book series. I think I love long series. I love long book series. Um, so it's when, when you choose to read something, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be James Joyce or Jung or, you know, it's when I choose to read something, I choose to read for the entertainment value or for the, the escapism. And so, no, um, just the, you know, you chose to read something that you wanted to read. So that was impressive. And, and I think reading is just so good for you. You know, that's obviously as an author, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, but even if you're reading, you know, you don't have to be reading a classic or reading something that's necessarily seen as educational or anything. It's, I think it's just good for you. You know, it lets you see the world from different people's perspectives. It lets you see different worlds. It lets you, uh, you know, it's, it's just, connecting different things in your brain that are just so good for you and yeah I'm, I'm a huge fan and advocate of reading for fun even if it you know it's uh, even if it's not impressive quote unquote yeah uh, it, it doesn't have to be I mean as long as as long as you are finding enjoyment in it you know my my friend Diana and I we talked um I had her on the podcast um a few months ago and we had you know the discussion on as an author do you have to read every day you know because that's a it's kind of a controversial subject because you know you have the the authors on one side who are like you know well if you're going to write then you must be consuming books you must read every day you must you know and so while I personally sort of kind of fall halfway on that side of, you know, 
as an author, it's important to consume creative content. Um, you know, she, she falls on sort of the other side of that on as a creative person, whether you're an author, whether you're a video game developer, whether you're a, a movie producer, whether you're a movie director, it's important to consume content related to your content. So if you are an author who is writing a book about a video game developer, then playing video games or, you know, reading a video game manual or, you know, something like that, that would be what would be important to your particular book. You know, you wouldn't necessarily need to read a high epic fantasy in order to write your book about video game developers. And yeah, and it just, it made so much sense when she put it that way. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I guess I, I, I tend to fall in the middle on a lot of things. And uh, I, I think that from my perspective, I, I am, I write better when I am reading something, you know, it's, you put good words in, you get good words out. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily reading epic fantasy when I'm writing epic fantasy. You know, I could be reading, uh, you know, something completely unrelated, but I, I I feel like good words in, good words out. I'm kind of just like a word, a word machine that you, you got to have put inputs in there to get outputs. And, and then obviously other things like, you know, I feel like getting out in nature is super helpful for me. I, I live right next to a, a little river. I live in the the American Southwest, so it's not a, a big river for for anyone back east who's used to a a river, a real river. Uh, but it's got a great walking trail next to it, and uh, you know I'm I'm there most mornings and just breathing it in. And um, and when I have more time, I go out for a bigger hike somewhere, or, or you know get. I, I think I think it's important to find what inspires you and yeah. what makes you. You know, my wife and I talk about the creative well. That needs to get refilled because you're drawing on it, drawing on it, and drawing on it, and you got to do something to fill it that well. Otherwise, I, I can I can tell when I've exhausted myself creatively, you know, when I've written too much without doing anything else to fill up that well. Uh, I can tell my stuff is it just lacks it lacks that that something that you know lacks that passion, it lacks that creativity. It just becomes a little bit dry, or it just dries up. You know, I, I struggle and I can't write at all. I can't even figure out. You know, I can't I can't put a full page down. Um, and and there's there's definitely times where like I'll read something to my wife and she's like, yeah, you're you're this is not your day, is it? And other times she's like, I can tell you had a lot of fun writing that. That's that's great. That's um, so it's it, you got to figure out what works for you. Right. So if whether that's reading a video game manual, playing video games, reading epic fantasy, going yeah. your going on a, a walk with your with your with your dog or whatever it is that that helps you feel more creative and able to to put that creativity on on the screen or on the page or whatever your medium is oh and i i'm so glad that you brought up the the creative well um 
because I, I wasn't going to word it the same way, um, but you've worded it a lot more perfectly than I uh, was going to, um, because it's, you have to be able to refill your creative energy. And it's, you know, you, when you start to run out of that, that's, you know, in my experience, at least, um, and I don't know how, how other authors have experienced it, um, but as a, as a blogger, at least, I notice that when I struggle to write a book review or a blog post or work on my website at all, um, it's usually because I have not refilled that, that well of creative energy and, you know, that's when I will just give myself a few days to, um, you know, just read and, you know, just grab a book and, you know, one of my super long book series and just read and just refill um, from, you know, one of my favorite authors and just, you know, let that, that creative well refill. Um, and then I find myself getting back into it and you know just really wanting to be creative again and just really wanting to get back into writing and you know and blogging and you know doing those excuse me and doing those creative things that I do love to do um but when I start exhausting myself or when I haven't practiced self-care like um you know that's one of those buzzwords that we love to throw around, but it's so important. And reading is self-care and just, you know, sitting, you know, sitting quietly and watching TV is a form of self-care. I'm sorry, but it is, especially to someone with ADHD. Um, I, Anyone who is neurodiverse, you understand. I guarantee you understand um, that just sitting quietly and watching TV can be a form of self-care because it gives your brain a rest and it allows that part of your brain that is constantly going to just quiet down and recharge and allows that creative side of your brain to rest and come back to life and you know, start giving you those great ideas again and, you know, giving you that time to work on those things that you love to do. So, you know, I, I think that when you allow that creative well to go dry, that's when writer's block kicks in and, you know, taking a walk with your dog, going and reading a book, going and, watching TV, going and taking a bubble bath, you know, going and doing those things that relax your body and relax your brain just gives, gives you time to just replenish that, that well. Agreed. It's what, speaking of writer's block, uh what is your favorite thing to do when you hit writer's block? So I, I have a, cheat code for writer's block uh my wife is this is you know i wasn't uh, i wasn't planning on being an author when we got married i just got very lucky that i i married a phenomenal creative coach 
my wife's a really talented artist. Uh, and, and, you know, so she, we're not we're not two authors working together, but we are both really good at being each other's creative coaches where I can be stuck on something and I go and talk it through with her. And five minutes later, we've got it. We've got it figured out. Um, and then, you know, our, 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 our favorite evenings are spent where I'm writing. We have a shared office, uh, which you can kind of see on the Skype call uh, we have. Uh, so she'll be working on her art. I'll be working on my books and she'll be like, hey, I just uh, I'm kind of stuck on this. On this on this illustration I'm doing, can you can you come walk through with me and we talk about it and help her get unstuck? And then five minutes later, I'm like, hey, what's I'm struggling with this scene here? How do I, you know, there's this thing that I'm worried about or this thing, and we talk it through. And five minutes later, she she's got me, uh, she's got me through it. And um, I, I I feel like I can't stress if you know one of my biggest pieces of advice for for any author who is struggling is is find your creative coach. Um, you know, obviously there are there are services you can pay for. Uh, there are it could just be a good friend. It doesn't have to be another author. It doesn't have to be someone else who is a mentor and has written books. It's just someone who has a good creative mind that can help see your vision and kind of help you through. You know, oftentimes the the struggle or you know the 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 plot hole, the whatever roadblock you've got in your mind, it's a lot bigger in your mind than it actually is. And so just expressing it and getting it out there is huge because it's uh, it's just it just doesn't it, you, you see how small it can be and how and how easy it is to get past that block that you have. Um, whereas if you just let it bounce around in your mind, and you don't talk about it with somebody, it stays huge and it gets and it can grow in size even. So so, yeah, I, I have a great creative coach and that's my recommendation. Anyone struggling with writing block is find someone it might take a while you know you might but once you get that creative coach just just make sure that they are they are uh don't cling to them that don't be clingy but uh make sure you keep them in your good graces and and make sure that uh <laughs> that they stay your creative coach and that's uh for me that's been huge i couldn't have written my books without without my wife and um so that's yeah. and and to be fair your creative coach quote unquote, doesn't necessarily have to be someone that is creative in their own right. My husband, if you asked him, would tell you that he is not a creative person. Now, I personally disagree. I think that <laughs> in, I think in a lot of ways he is he is really creative. He is not necessarily creative in the same ways that I am. Um, but he, he knows me and he knows how I think, um, he speaks redhead, um, <laughs> is what he'll tell you. Um, and he speaks Pam. Um, so he, he knows me, he knows the way that I think. And so when I go to him with a website issue or with a business issue or, um, with a new idea for um, a new stream of income, you know, and he he won't necessarily tell me that's a dumb idea. We're not doing that, but he'll sit and talk me through why it's a bad idea or why it's a really good idea, or um, you know, if it's if I'm talking through a um, a creative idea that's you know actually creative on on my side of creative 
then, you know, he will let me sit and talk through it. And he, so he provides that bouncing board and that, um, that just kind of idea, um, idea trampoline, I guess would be a good way to put it. And, you know, but he would not consider himself creative in the same way that I am creative, but he still provides that, that coaching and he still provides that, um, that creative, um, idea bouncing board, um, for, for my creativity. So your creative coach doesn't necessarily need to be someone that is creative necessarily. Um, just someone who knows you, understands you, and can provide valuable feedback for you. Exactly. And I think sometimes people misinterpret the word creative for artistic you know, like that in order to be creative, you have to be creating some sort of art, whether, you know, that's a novel or a screenplay or poetry or or fine art. And and there are so many people who are not artistically inclined at all who are creative, you know. And so it's uh, it's just, if, yeah, get someone who's good at thinking about things, good at evaluating things and coming up with, with uh, ways to solve problems. You know, that doesn't necessarily, yeah. So there can even be a phenomenal artist who is really great at drawing, but maybe he's not creative. You know, it's, uh, I think they're, they're two, they should be two different people should think about them differently. Yeah. So don't, don't think cause your friend who, who loves your books and is really good at, you know, looking through your, your manuscript and, and telling you where all the plot holes are just cause that person couldn't write their own book or can't draw a painting, you know, can't do a, a painting doesn't mean that that person's not creative and isn't a great creative coach. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, you know, I choose, my my friend Caroline says never say never, um, because I've, I've told her I'm never going to write a book, and she's like, Pam, never say never. Um, I choose not to write a book, um, although my my husband has, has recently talked to me into potentially um, writing a, um, like a blog serial type book, um, that I haven't started yet, um, because at this point I'm scared it's going to suck. Um, but (laughs) so we'll see. Um, but I, I have the title for it, but I have, yeah, well, I have no idea, um, how it's even going to start. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, um, well, well, can I, can I say something? Um, if you're afraid of it sucking, uh, it probably will. And that's, that's, I know know it will. And if anyone ever asks me for advice for a new author, because I, I, sorry, that came out way too harsh. I apologize. But, um, my advice is for a new author. I said, just start writing and be okay with the fact that you're going to suck. Like, I am so happy that my wife, when I was reading her my first drafts of my first book, which n- did not get finished because it was garbage, um, but I learned a lot from it, that she wasn't like, um, maybe just focus on accounting, go back to work and make us more money. You know, she was like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. You're, you're yeah, you're really good. I'm sure, you know, she says she wasn't lying, but she was very supportive, even though it wasn't good. 
<laughs> but you learn a lot from it. And, and I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that writing is, is a learned skill that yes, there might be, you might have talent. There are people with more natural talent than others, but you can learn to write and you just got to do a lot of it and, and not get dissuaded or, you know, uh, well, deflated by the fact that what you write at first probably isn't very good. So, so let me, let me be, be a little fair to myself. Okay. No, the, and that's, yeah. That's I, I, I know how to write. <laughs> um, I dialogue is really, really tough for me. So if you have, if you read any of my blog posts, if you've read any of my book reviews, I have no trouble writing. That's, mm. that is not the issue. It's storytelling and it's dialogue. So the, the only reason, only reason that I even remotely agreed to start writing this book is that my husband promised that he would help with the dialogue <laughs> because it's so basically, um, the, and I'm only going to give like a small tiny bit of the premise because I don't want somebody to listen and like steal my book premise because I would cry. Um, but despite my personal dislike for romance books, it's going to be romance. Um, and it's going to be, um, between a woman and a man who is a um, psychopath. Love that. I like that. I, I'm not a romance person, but that, sound, that, that, that hooks me. So. And I, I, when we're not recording and I'm not like announcing it to the world, I will tell you the title. <laughs> um, but I'm not, I'm not going to announce the title until I'm ready to actually start the book. But I will tell you the title later when I'm not on, um, when I'm not on like public, um, for public consumption. Cause that's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but I will say I've told a few people what the title is going to be. And the few people that I've told have went, okay, based on the title alone, I need to read that book. So I'm like, so now I have to write the book. Really? This <laughs> <laughs> is too much pressure. Um, Remember, you don't have to do anything. I feel like a, you know, now I so. feel like a whiny like four year old. Like, I, but I don't want to go to the store, mom. Like, really? Yeah. So, um, but literally, like, yeah, everyone that I have told that I have mentioned the title to, because I'm like, yeah, my, um, you know, my husband's going to help me write a romance and this is what the title's going to be. And they're like, yeah, I need to read that book. And I'm like, but really? Okay, fine. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, just a little bit of, um, suspense for everybody out there. Um, no, I'm not going to tell you what the title is yet. You're just going to have to wait to find out because apparently now that I've announced that, you know, this is probably going to happen, then I'm going to have to actually like get busy and actually like, 
start writing. <laughs> well, but the way it's gonna the way it's gonna work is it's gonna be like a chapter a week until the book is done, and mm-hmm. then um, probably put it in my online shop as like a downloadable um, for for people to purchase. That that sounds like a great idea. I've been toying with that idea for for a while, and I don't know if I could actually do that. I'm I'm I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty big planner. When it comes to writing, and uh, I, I like to, I like to write my whole trilogy before I even publish book one. Um, and my so my friend Marcus, yeah, my friend Marcus um, did that, and or that's the that's actually the way that he writes um, his books. And he um, he came to me to beta read book one of his most recent trilogy. Big huge plug. Big. Huge, huge plug. If you love fantasy, huge plug. Got to read this trilogy. Um, he asked me to beta read book one. And by, so we're talking like books not edited, like nothing. By page probably 10 of, of book one of this trilogy, I was completely hooked, completely hooked. I wanted to take this main character and like put her under my skin to protect her. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like I was so protective of her and I by page, let's see, book one was I think just over 200 pages, like 250 pages or something like that. I was about halfway through and I told my husband, I said, I am desperately trying to find something negative to say about this book. Because when, when you're beta reading for somebody, they want balance, you know, Mm -hmm. they want, this part is really, really, really fantastic. These characters are really, really, really great. These parts over here need work and here's why. I couldn't find anything. I I couldn't find anything. Like I'm, I was like, okay, you, you, you proofread and publish. Like it, as far as I was concerned, it was perfect. And, you know, I basically even told him that I was like, this book is amazing. I get to the end of book one and I emailed him and I said, could, 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 could you maybe send me book two and three, <laughs> please? Because <laughs> I, I really, really, really want to find out what happens. And so he he sent me like advance, advance copies. Like he hadn't even sent them to the editors yet. And um, so that I could finish the trilogy. And... Um, I, oh my, I, I loved the, the whole entire trilogy. Like I, I think I read the whole trilogy in less than a week. I think it was maybe like five days. Like I binged this trilogy and I was reading every single second that I had. And when the, when the books went on sale, he was part of a book tour for um, book one and I will tell you the name of the book I, I swear um, and he was part of a um, 
book tour and the, um, the book tour company, they will normally send um, free copies to the, uh, the participants in the, in the blog tour. Um, you know, but I had told them, you know, I said, don't send me, you know, free copies. I said, I, you know, I don't accept free eBooks. I go and I purchase. And so I had, because I had already read, um, for beta reading. And so I knew enough of the story that I could wait, um, to, to purchase my copy. Um, I set my stop on the blog tour for, you know, far enough after the sale date that I could go and buy my, um, book copies, bought all three copies and then, you know, wrote my review for the, for the blog tour. I had at least three people get about a third of the way through, maybe not even that far, about a third of the way through my like 2100 word book review for this blog tour and message me on Twitter and say, um, okay, you've sold me already. It's already on my TBR and I'm not even all the way through your book review. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, job done. So, okay. So now that I have sold you, hopefully it's the name of the trilogy is the chosen trilogy by Marcus Lee. And he is a friend of mine from the UK. Book one is called the mountain of souls. Book two is the last hope. And book three is the river of tears. I believe, I believe that's what it's called. The river of tears. So freaking good. Like, I can't even, I can't even tell you, like, there are no words to tell you how good these <laughs> books are. Um, well, the titles feel epic, so I'm, I'm already on board with just titles, so. They're amazing. They're so good. Like, I mean, I, I am not kidding when I tell you that by, like, page 10 of book one, I was completely hooked. Like, completely hooked. And I don't normally contact an author and say, I know you wrote book two and three already. Can you send them (laughs) to me, please? Um, I don't normally do that. Um, Because, you know, and I, I had to make sure because I had done that, I had to make sure that once the books were released and went on sale, um, I had to go and buy them and, and support him and, um, you know, make sure that I, I purchase my copies and you'll love the covers too. If you're a sucker for a good cover, like I am, they're beautiful. Um, so yeah, those, those are my book plugs, um, for, for this particular episode. Um, I, I highly, I, I cannot recommend them enough. Like I, I just really, 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 really can't. I will, if you'd like, I can send you a um, link to my 2000 word book review (laughs) that I wrote because I couldn't shut up about them. Like I got to the end and I'm like, I'm looking at my word count. I'm like, okay, that, yeah, that was a a really long book review. (laughs) 
but that's a that's a good ringing endorsement. And that's amazing. That's fantastic. So, in the past six months, what's the best book you've read? Oh boy, in the past six months. So I've been. I mean, I've mostly been reading uh, the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. So I'm on book four, and those are massive books and. Um, so that's uh, the past six months that other than my own stuff, which I obviously think is amazing. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to, so well, I, I guess I mean, you are our favorite author. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So obviously my favorite book I've read in the last six months is, uh, is book two and book three of the final air, which, you know, you're, you're going to do a title reveal when you start. I'm not even, I'm done. I'm not quite ready for the title reveal yet, but, um, those are my favorite books that I've read, but in in reality, it's it's been, uh, you know, probably The Way of Kings was my favorite book I've read in the past six months, and um, uh, I I I do read more than just fantasy, but in the past six months, that's not what I <laughs> that's what I've been reading. Okay, have you read any indie books that you want to recommend? <clears throat> Uh, so I do want to recommend um, anything by Dan Kenner. He's actually a good friend of mine. Um, he's he's an indie author. Uh, yeah, Dan Kenner, go check him out. He writes uh, he writes epic fantasy and and sci-fi. So that's that's my that's my book plug for for the for 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 today. Okay. Other than me. Okay. Well, and, yeah. And and your eventual book too. I'm going to plug your eventual book as well. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we we still have some time left, um, and I since I promised you that um, we would talk about your books, uh, <laughs> uh, tell us about uh, the final air, and if you can tell us a little bit about books two and three without spoilers, because um, I don't like spoilers. Um, and I can't imagine most readers do. Right. Um, so for sure, tell us a little bit about uh, The Final Air and why we should read it. Excellent. So The Final Air is, uh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal book in my mind because it, it, it has, the villain is actually my favorite character. Uh, it starts when the villain wins after decades of, of pretty intense war. He's, He's conquered the last group of plucky rebels who are holding out against him, and he's conquered the whole world. And you, he is one of the three point-of-view characters, so you get to see everything from his point of view. By this time, he's clinically insane. He, uh, he's he's uh, a pretty unpredictable character, and I think I he's been my favorite character I've ever written. Uh, uh, you know, just writing the world from his point of view is so fun because he's just he's he's just crazy. And uh, the the last and, and the main character escapes that final battle with the knowledge to to defeat the the villain. Uh, so imagine if uh, Star Wars began with the Death Star destroying the base on on Yavin Four, and you know the the main character is someone who escaped that base and has to try, but they know about the exhaust port to defeat. To you know about that exhaust port to to destroy the Death Star, and they have that knowledge. So that's it's kind of the 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 how I explain it to people because they're in this world where the villain has won. He controls everything, and they've but they've got to win, and they 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 can do it. Um, and and book and it's a pretty sharp uh, twist on on the chosen one trope, 
where um I knew it that's my favorite trope sorry that is I no love you're that good and and trope. i've had I, I use it as a hook some people think it's too much of a spoiler to give this away but i use it as the hook because uh you know so the the one of the main characters she's really good at the magic she's been studying it all her life and she's supposed to get an extra powerful magic to defeat the bad guy but it accidentally goes to her friend who is a great warrior but he doesn't know how to use magic. And so he has this power that he doesn't know how to use. It was supposed to go to her, but by error it doesn't. And so she has to come to terms with the fact that she thought she was going to be the chosen one, but she no longer is. Her friend has to come to terms with the fact that he is now the chosen one, even though he had no desire to be the chosen one. And he has to learn, you know, so if... uh, yeah, another comp is uh, what if halfway through Harry Potter, uh, you actually find out that it's Dudley who's supposed to be, who's supposed to defeat Voldemort, but a likable Dudley, just someone who, you know, a muggle who can't use magic, right? Someone who, uh, who can't use magic and now has to. I would have Voldemort. been better off with Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but if you say Ron, it's like Ron still knows how to use magic, right? But yeah, it's, it's imagine if Ron suddenly halfway through has to, has to save the world and defeat Voldemort instead of Harry. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Did I, did uh, I lose you I, with the Dudley comparison? Cause he's you, not you, like, you, you, yeah, you, you did. Well, and I, I just, I never really liked those books anyway. Like I, <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed the movies and then, you know, I, she came out with, you know, all of her, you know, BS and, you know, I, I lost a lot of respect for her anyway. And so it's just, you know, it's the whole Harry Potter discussion is, you know, kind of a a touchy subject for me anyway. So it's (laughs) like, you know, then you throw Dudley in and it's like, well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if people could see my face, <laughs> so um, but anyway, um, but no the the chosen one trope. I I realized um, the other day that that is by and large probably my favorite trope. Um, I I tend to gravitate toward books with that trope and I never really understood why and you know and then I the series that I am reading right now it's um the Chronicles of Kerrigan uh, by W.J. May she is um she's probably one of my auto buy authors like I will I will pretty much buy anything she writes. Uh, I have not come across anything of hers that I have not enjoyed thoroughly. And um, most of the most of the things that I have read by her have been chosen one trope. <laughs> and so um, I was like, huh. That would make sense that the chosen one trope is my favorite. <laughs> so, of course, that um, just, of course, makes the final air um, even more intriguing because, you know, the chosen one is um, 
is not chosen. Uh, is is not cho- is not chosen, but but um, the other one is. So uh-huh. it's you know the the unchosen chosen one, um, or the the would it be the unlikely chosen one trope? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. The, or the yeah. the reluctant chosen one, or the yeah, or the the reluctant hero's journey. I don't know. I like that one too. My friend Marcus, who wrote uh, the Chosen trilogy, um, wrote the oh, what is the name of that other trilogy? Book one is um, Kings and Demons, um, and I don't remember. I don't remember what the name of that trilogy is. Um, it's I can like see it sort of in my brain. Um, but that one is a kind of a, a hero's journey, um, chosen one type, uh, type book. And, uh, that trilogy was what introduced me to Marcus's writing. And, um, because I enjoyed that one so much, that was, um, why he, um, came to me to beta read, um, the mountain of souls, um, for him. Cause he was like, you enjoyed Kings and demons so much, you know, I'd really love to get your feedback. And I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> and, um, never happened to me before. I've never actually been asked to be before. Okay. And I, I had to like real quick, like on the fly, figure out how I was going to like do this beta read thing because and I'm like, I'm not an author. I don't have if authors like beta swap. I was like, I don't have, you know. And so I had to like come up with, um, you know, like an hourly chart. Cause I'm like, I don't have, I don't have anything to like beta swap, to, you <laughs> know. And so I um, contacted my friend Gabe and I was like, do you think this would be like a, a fair hourly charge? And my friend Gabe was like, I think you're seriously like undervaluing yourself. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, how about this? I was like, this is I mean, pretty close to what I make at my day job. And he was like, well, that's more fair. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, and don't, don't undersell yourself because I, from my experience, I actually don't like having other authors be my beta readers because they tend to tell me, and I tell this to other people too, like, I don't want to beta read your book because I'm going to tell you how I would write it. It's way hard to, to, to give that, that insight uh, that that's, you know, when I'm thinking, when I'm reading a book, I'm often thinking how I would write it. And so it's really easy to give the feedback of how John Monson would write this book rather than how somebody, how, how it should be written by, by that author. And so yeah. I think having a, a non-author is the ideal beta reader in my mind someone who likes to read and who knows what a good book is, but, but isn't actually writing a book, you know, their profession isn't writing. That's, that's my perspective and, and my, what I've learned over the years. Okay. Well, so, I've anyways, thought, so yeah, don't sell yourself short because you're, that, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I've thought, I've often thought about adding it to my services page, but then I was like, I don't want to spend all my time 
beta reading and not have any time for other projects. Right. Either. No, that makes, that's legitimate. So, you know, it's like, it's more, you know, yes, I will take on the occasional beta project, but it's not something that I want to do all the time because then I won't have, you know, if I'm doing beta projects all the time, I won't have time for editing projects. If I, you know, or I won't have time for blogging projects or I won't have time for, you know, all of this other stuff that I, that I want to do. And, you know, I, I want the, the flexibility of not trading time for money. You know, right. I don't want to do an hourly charge constantly, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, listeners, if you're listening and you need a beta reader, feel free to contact me, but it's not something I'm going to do all the time. We'll just, you know, leave it at that. Yeah, and, and maybe even limit yourself. Say, hey, you know, if you want me to do this, I'm six months out because this is how many I've, I mean, I've scheduled yeah. this many books for this level, number, you know, number of months or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure there's ways you could do it without having it take over your life. But I agree. It's when you are good at something and people want your services, you can always fill up your time with things that you don't want to do. The question is, you know, how, you, you want to make sure you put put the things that are most valuable to you into your, into your precious and, and limited time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we've got about three minutes left. So real quick, tell us where we can find you and come hang out online. Perfect. So best place, honestly, is just to go on my website, johnmonson.com. I I'm not a huge on social media. So obviously I have a Facebook and an Instagram at uh, John Monson author. You can check me out there. I don't post a ton, uh, but I do have my regular mailing list, and that's the best way if you want to keep in touch with me. Um, you know, I, I often I have things that are exclusive for the mailing list. Uh, you know, like I'm I'm going to be working on the the audio book for the final air pretty shortly, and uh, I'm going to see if I can do it myself. I'll probably actually put a link in my mailing list to to the YouTube video that I'll post and get people's feedback and comments and see if they actually want me to do it or if they'd rather get a professional. Uh, so things like that, you get, you know, in my, my last newsletter, um, you know, I had a, the first page of book two for as a sneak peek for people. Uh, so that's the best place to, if you want to stay engaged with me, go to johnmonson.com and sign up for the mailing list. I do update my website more regularly than I, than I actually post on social media. So. Awesome. Okay, well, John, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. Thank you for answering my email, um, randomly asking if you would come on my podcast. I, I was I overjoyed to get that email. I appreciate it. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with me today. Tell your wife, thank you for being your creative coach and making you the world's favorite author. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. Perfect. Have a great one, Pamela. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.